0: Episode number three, three of four uh, for our season six and national podcast month post uh, national podcast post month epilogue. Uh, Nick DiPaolo, man. Nick DiPaolo is a legendary comedian. If you've seen any of the older uh, roasts on Comedy Central when they were still Friars Club roasts uh, and even when they became uh, Comedy Central roasts, uh, you know, Nick, Uh, if, if you're a fan of comedy, you know, Nick. He was a, he's a, not was, still is a legendary comic and he's an absolute blast to talk to. We were so excited that we were able to book this time with Nick because I, I just wanted to dive into comedy with him and the conversation that we got into, it did not disappoint one bit at all. This is why this is one of those ones that I'm doing these bonus videos, uh, bonus episodes because there were a couple that I couldn't leave out and Nick absolutely was one of those people. I couldn't leave him out. Please enjoy this, uh, this rewind with comedian Nick DiPaolo. So as we mentioned earlier on, uh, we're now in the midst of Music Fest in Bethlehem. Just started this weekend. Adam, Steve, and I have all had a chance to attend some shows this past week, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. Uh, but this gentleman will be performing next weekend at Music Fest – or this coming weekend at Music Fest, actually, at the time you're listening to this. Chances are you'll probably find me in the crowd because I've been a fan of this guy and his comedy for many years now. You've seen him as part of some of the Comedy Central roasts, his own stand-up on comedy central and his latest special another census killing just released last year uh as i said he'll be performing at music fest cafe in bethlehem as part of music fest this coming friday august 21st please welcome to the show the hysterical nick DePaulo. nick uh DiPaolo, how are you? doing good i'm so excited to talk to you because as i said i've been a fan for a while
1: yeah, that last album, uh, Another Sense is Killing, actually, it really came out, like, this February, so...
0: Oh, okay, yeah, it's listed yeah. as 2014 for some reason, I guess. Or is that when you yeah. recorded?
1: Yeah, exactly. That may, if I, it, 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 uh, I didn't release it till like, end of January of this year, so...
0: I, I can tell you right now, I've listened to it. It's... I I made the mistake of listening to it at my desk at work. Uh. Uh, because it took... <laughs> it took <laughs> uh, you work at Planned Parenthood? <laughs> Well, I had I had earbuds in, so nobody else could hear it. But um, I I played it smart because I know your comedy, so I knew you know I I wanted to keep my job. Sure. Um, but I, it took everything I had when I listened to it to not laugh out loud when I was sitting at my desk, because it it is absolutely hysterical. Yeah, it's, uh,
1: it's selling well. It's, uh, you know, I did it myself and put it on my website, which is a real pain in the balls. Thank God I have a few people that, you know, know more about technology than I do. But, uh, it was a bit of a fucking hassle, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's always in and out of the charts and iTunes and, and, um. It, it, it's doing well. I think it's gonna go
0: styrofoam. <laughs> <laughs> Do, was this one of those albums? Cause I know as of right now it's on your website, which is uh com or nickdip.com. The other All one right. will take you there. It, it's listed as uh for $8 right now, which I highly recommend. It's a great price for any comedy album. <laughs> Yeah, if uh, if they use the coupon code uh, the word Nick or the word the radio, you'll get uh, three bucks off that actually. So. And you can actually pay more than eight dollars too if you want to support like your podcast and. This is true, and
1: some guy paid the records two hundred eight.
0: Really? Wow! Wow! Yeah,
1: some guy in the D.C. area. It's funny because he came out to I was playing a theater in D.C. and he came out. And he said he was coming out, and I fucking looked around for him after the show, and like, never found him. And he goes, I didn't want to bother you. I'm like, bother me? I <laughs> Christ's sake, yeah, you, sp- <laughs> you paid $200 too much for me. You can bother me all you want. I'm like, I saw a nice Caribbean Jordans I could fucking use. In the trailer. But uh, yeah, 208 another guy paid 180
2: hundred and eight. Wow. It's an expensive CD. Pablo something Escobar, does that sound right? <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, how how long on average does it take you usually to like develop the material to put out a CD or a special? Because I know you've got a number of them out.
1: Yeah, a couple couple years. I mean, everybody's different, but I think a lot of people are getting hung up. Uh, They're trying to keep pace with Louis CK, which is hard to do because <laughs> I mean, he's just such a prolific guy. And he can do he can do one a year, like, yeah. You know, without breaking a sweat. But, um, uh uh, I'm about yeah. I would say two years from me, year and a half to two years before I think you know it's it's honed enough to put out there.
0: Yeah, um, I know Adam and I are both fans of of your type of comedy, so um, it, it's so you like gay comedy? <laughs> well, well, I mean the the style is is very
3: like sarcastic and obviously not politically correct, and and that's kind of refreshing to see, especially nowadays. I know. You know, you've been doing it for a while. Um, yeah. Do you still take a lot of flack for it, or do you take more now than you have, you know, five, ten years ago?
1: Uh, I don't take much flack. It's weird. It's it's uh, the audiences are touchier, I guess. But I've been around so long, and I set the tone for myself. You know, and and got enough exposure early on that they sort of know it's coming for me. Yeah. I was um, say they they, there are not, Look. Get- yeah, there's nights. Look, most of the nights I'm in New York City, which is a, you know, the politics in New York go against everything I believe in, and it's filled with college kids and fucking, you know, everybody that weak in the nation, in my opinion, the political fucking strain. But they, they you know, so, so there's some nights and I'll make a table of young Asian girls cry and call me an asshole and uh, or whatever. But but. uh but uh, for the most part, even they come around because I think they're sick of it. I think some of those younger people, I'm talking people in their 20s or millennials, whatever you want to call them, they're, they're actually getting embarrassed for themselves, you know. So, uh, but I, I'm not going to, it's actually fun. It makes it more fun, you know. I mean, just knowing that they're bothered by words and they've been brainwashed by the fucking media and they don't even know it. I mean, I, I always tell the story when, when, if a crowd's a little unruly or kind of chattery or whatever, there's certain buzzwords you can just throw out there to get their attention. Like right in the middle, of that I'll be talking about something. Where, you know, let's say I'm talking about sports on stage. I'm, and and the, let's say the crowd, you know, I, I think did not really, I'll, I'll just go, and you women, and the fucking, you can hear a pin drop. <laughs> or I'll go, fucking black people. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and you, you can fucking, the waiters will stop serving and turn around. <laughs> there's, there's buzzwords. It, it, it's the coolest thing about doing stand up this long that I've. I, I've just I've, you learn so much about our society, and uh, because our society is trained by the television mostly, and then now by the internet, which to me also kind of leans left in its politics, and then right. so there are certain buzzwords that uh, if you, you want to get their attention, you know, and, and and that's the other that's the downside. They they get too focused on the words. I mean, if you if you say like I said, if you say the word woman or or tag, no matter what the context is. You know, they'll just take a breath, regardless of what the context of the joke. You could be calling yourself a bag, or
2: whatever, or
1: a woman, or whatever. And they fucking, you know? Yeah. say
3: African lion, and you'll get... (laughs) Exactly. A kid had a shirt
1: on with a little lion on it the other night. He goes, what's that, memory of Cecil? (laughs) You know, and I said in that shitty fucking sarcastic tone. (laughs) and uh, you know, just to get a rise out of them, you know. So, uh, yeah, it's 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 funny. It's hey, look, uh, when people when college kids are complaining that Jerry Seinfeld's act is too
0: edgy. <laughs> oh my God! Uh, it's, it's them. It's not the comedians. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like Adam said. Your act is very, your type of comedy is very refreshing because, as you you kind of you know touched on a little bit, and I agree with it completely. We live in a what I call an oversensitive, uh, very overprivileged society now where everybody feels like they have a right to everything, and they have, including the right to get offended at absolutely everything.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know? well, I mean, do you see what's going on on college campuses? It's fucking frightening. They have safe zones that students can go to where they'll be free of any idea that make might make them uncomfortable. They have things called trigger warnings. Before they read a book or an article, they'll have a trigger warning saying some things, and this might be upsetting to you. I mean... It's fucking – I never thought political correctness – it's not – political correctness isn't even – it's not even – the term's not even – doesn't even do it justice how fucking insane we've got over this shit. You know, I just – it's unbelievable. But, you know, fucking microaggressions, (laughs) shit that you might disagree with that makes you uncomfortable. Yeah, welcome to fucking life.
2: Exactly.
0: People
3: get offended over anything. I mean, like, I'm a 28-year-old white male. I have no reason to get offended over half of the stuff. It's like, cause I I can't come from experience. I mean. Yeah, no, that's the problem. It it, it, it
1: it's the twenty-eight-year-old white kids that are getting upset for people who might have legitimate grievances. Right. But they they, they 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 have fake outrage and shit. You know. Yeah. I said it the other night. I was doing some. I was talking about Ray Rice and you know the whole video and how it's my favorite since a Thriller. Or whatever. And, <laughs> and, and, you know, fucking some lady, some woman up front goes, oh my god. And, and there was a table of like three or four black people right to her right. And I, and I go, don't worry about them. Of course the black people are laughing. I've, I've said this almost every interview I've ever done. In the 28 years I've been doing stand-up, I, I think I've had, uh, you could count the, the black people on one hand, or any minorities on one hand that got mad at my act, as opposed to the 1500 and fifty white people, who will, you know, fucking upset. And again, that that comes from the that comes from the left. That that that, that's, that doesn't come from the right politically. Political correctness. I mean,
2: uh,
1: fucking. Uh, And they don't even, they don't even, sometimes I brought that up on the Larry Wilmore show, the nightly show, and they thought I was crazy. I go, you don't, really, you think, you think college campuses, they're really, there's, you know, conservatives that are causing, creating all the censorship and stuff, you know, they thought I was crazy. They don't even know where it's coming from.
0: Yeah. You know? So, um, I know you had mentioned, you know, you perform in New York City all the time. Obviously, when you're not on tour, which you're doing a couple uh, shows right now, you know, as we mentioned in Bethlehem. Do you... There's enough comedy clubs in New York. Is that primarily where you perform, is New York City?
1: Yeah, I live, unfortunately, I moved out of the city uh about 15 years ago, 16 years ago. I live about 35 miles north, but, uh yeah, I mean, uh, when I'm not on the road, and, and I try not to do the road that much anymore, you know, I mean, it was fun to wake up with chlamydia <laughs> I mean, 28. You know, but, but now you know i'm married and shit so i have a house and a mortgage and uh you know cheating is not an option um, so uh yeah so i, I you know I'll, I'll go into the city probably three four nights a week and do a couple sets okay just to just to stay home because you guys know i don't know, it stand up as a muscle and then it, it atrophies if you don't use it so yeah
2: right. it's
1: uh, it's kind of a pain in the ass but i bought this house that i love up in the woods somewhere and uh so it's a little bit of a pain, but uh, that's how I try to stay sharp, and um, that's why it's taken me a while to get this
3: last this hour together. You know, yeah, I'm not. I haven't yeah. done a ton of road work this year. Yeah, like you said, you you live in New York now, and I'm sure some people just assume you've always been from New York. Maybe just because you're Italian, but right, um, you're you're actually from New York's greatest baseball enemy, Massachusetts. Does <laughs> does that does that mix-up come up uh, happen a lot? Uh yeah, a- a- anybody
1: outside of New York and and Boston, a- a- the rest of the other 48 states assume if you're Italian you're from New York. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they they wouldn't have assumed that years ago when I came down to New York. I had the I you know, I had a thicker accent in Ted Kennedy. But everybody assumes you're from Jersey or New York. When yeah. I when, when, when I travel, <laughs> you know, they go, "You're Italian, you're Jersey or New York." And and it-, it is kind of fun living down here. Uh as a Red Sox fan, and I was talking the other night how much I hate the fucking Yankees, and I said, um, "This is how much I hate the Yankees. I uh, I wouldn't even take the ice bucket challenge to cure Luke
2: Eric's disease." <laughs> oh, man. I'm like, it's just a
1: fatal disease, named after New York Yankee, why the fuck would I help him with that PR problem? And <laughs> you know, I said, uh, when kids start to have big tappy disease, I'll, I'll I'll dump a bucket of cat piss over my head. But uh, but why would I help the luckiest man on the face of
2: the earth? <laughs>
1: That's what he called himself. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it's funny. I remember right after the Red Sox won the World Series, you know, when we, we fucking fucked the Yankees in 2004. We came back from three games to none. Yeah. Uh, first team in the history of the ALCS to ever do that. Um, I, I Then they won the World Series, you know, the following week against the Cardinals. And I'm on, I, it was a Monday, I got on the train, a Metro North train, which goes from New York City out to where I live. And uh, there were no seats. There was one seat facing, uh, it was actually, I'm sorry, it, was, it wasn't a Metro North. It was actually a subway, actually, in New York. And there was one seat facing the rest of the train, like the NC. So I sat in that, it was the only one open, and I opened the paper, and on the front page of the paper, I held it up over my face, obviously, but it's a picture of this Red Sox celebrating, you know. (laughs) And the paper wasn't up in front of my face, I swear to God, 10 seconds, somebody threw one of those pink Canadian mints at me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're,
3: uh, I mean, we're we're from... From Philadelphia, Ben's not uh, an Eagles fan. I am. My dad's from the Bronx. I'm like half a Yankees fan, but being from Philly, I've kind of uh, more moved over towards the Phillies and the Eagles. But uh, being an Eagles fan, the Patriots were the ones preventing us from breaking our Super Bowl streak back in 04 How's uh, How's flake Gate treating there now? <laughs> uh, I love it. I, I love the fact. You don't understand. <laughs> when I was a
1: kid. I loved the Oakland Raiders probably before you guys were born. Because they were the, they had the dirtiest reputation, and they were really good every year. I mean, they were they were excellent. This is when they, you know, just win baby was the slogan. No, I don't know what the fuck it is. (laughs) But 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 they but they were vicious. They the whole league hated them. Al Davis was a rogue owner, and uh, I I always envied that they had that reputation. And 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 you know, I grew up a Patriots fan, obviously, so. And and they were so bad. I mean, they were the joke of the fucking league. I still pinch myself to this day that not only do you know, not only do we have Tom Brady and, and all these Super Bowls, that but but that you know, the fucking it's us against the world. It's a fucking wet dream for a sports fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure that ball being deflated by I think it was less than a half ounce really made the difference. Yeah, it was like one psi or something. One psi, whatever the. F- <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Kind of like he was pulling Nerf balls out that nobody knew about. <laughs> but, and hey,
1: you he's know. got the uh, those, uh, screamers,
3: those ones you could throw like a thousand yards or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. So I think it was Roger Goodell saw an opportunity to go. Oh, look! I'll show how strong I am, you know, and and take out the the face of the league. But whatever. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I, I, I couldn't be ha- I couldn't believe that how that Super Bowl ended. I'm, I'm still I, I watch it like porn. I jerk off to it. <laughs> 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 I, I was. I, I'm not a big Seahawks person, so I was actually hoping they would win anyway. So. Yeah, it's Richard Sherman. Fun. Check out, check out my tweets as a picture
3: of me taunting Richard I see, Sherman. Yeah, I, I, I did see
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, things could to be better. I, 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 I love this, and
1: and I and I hope. Uh, I think it's going to court. I, I, I still say I think they're gonna knock it down a couple. Of, I, I don't know who knows. Right. Yeah. But, I,
0: I have to. I have to mention obviously before we um. Uh, before we let you go at any time, I I have to mention you did something that I'm a big fan of. You did an episode of Inside Amy Schumer. Yes. Uh, You did the 12 Angry Men Inside Amy Schumer episode. And I have to say, like, I'm I'm a big fan of Amy's, and I'm I'm a fan of that show, but that episode has to be probably my favorite episode out of all three seasons that she has done. And, you know... I, what was it like working with that? I mean, you had Jeff Goldblum, you yeah. know, um,
2: yeah. Paul
0: Giamatti, Paul Giamatti, Paul Giamatti D- uh, John Hawks, and, yeah, and Vince, there's, Vince yeah, i Dennis Quaid. And, alone, by the way. I, I said
1: to Amy, you know, at the end of the second night, that we did like two 16-hour days. It was so fucking grueling. It was in February, in the middle of a snowstorm, I was staying in Colin Quinn's apartment, and it was a real fucking getting up at six in the morning and and, and not getting up till midnight. It was fucking. But I but I remember after that le- that second night after I did my big scene, I remember saying to Amy, I go, Amy, I, I don't know what just happened here, but you, you're gonna win an Emmy or something because the writing was so fucking hilarious. Yeah, right oh,
0: yeah. it's brilliant.
1: And it's brilliant, and brilliantly written and then brilliantly directed and shot. I mean, they mimicked all the all the angles that the the actual movie uh, used. And, I mean, they nailed it. And I said to her, you're gonna, this is gonna win something, I'm telling you. And, and, uh, she said, fuck off. Now, uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I was not surprised when it got so much praise. And, uh, to work with Paul Giamatti, I don't act that much, you know, but, but I'm a, I was a huge Giamatti fan. Yeah. And, uh, I actually, I had already booked a, a vacation with my wife in St. Bart's and, uh, you know, couldn't change it. So, <laughs> I sent her down, and luckily she had a friend meet her for the first half of the vacation, and then I met her down there. But uh, <laughs> it was worth it, because I got so much, it went viral, and I got so much praise
2: uh on the internet, e- even NPR. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <they praised> <laughs> so, uh you know, it,
1: it uh, yeah, and um, I'm just starting to feel a little bit of the effects. I, I got to read for some De Niro project that he's doing with HBO. Oh, wow. He's playing Bernie Madoff or whatever. Uh, I went in to read, in you know, the casting. I, I don't think I got it. But, uh, but, you know, I remember Amy saying to me right after, she goes, you're going to get so much fucking work with it.
2: Yeah.
0: And,
1: uh, you know. She seems so, she
0: seems somebody who's very very down to earth and very humble and, like, very appreciative of the career that she has now. Because she's yep. skyrocketed over the last, like, year or two. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah. Yeah, she is. She's a cool... She really is. She's a, She's a cool... A cool person, and she is level-headed, you know. And and I, I I really get a kick out of her. I mean, we sit at that table at the comedy cellar. Uh, you know, she busts balls, you know, with the rest of us, and she's funny. She's genuinely funny. She can friggin' act. She directed that Twelve Angry Men. She fucking wrote some of it.
0: Um, you know, so she's she, she's kind of like a female Louis C.K. I think. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and and Trainwreck was hysterical. I got a chance to screen that before it released, and I just yeah. raved about it afterwards. I told everybody to go and see it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, she's the thing right now, and I uh, I wish her the best because, like you said, she is she's pretty down to earth and uh, and f- most importantly, funny. Huh?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know another thing that you were, you did for a while on Comedy Central too. Uh, you were a big part of the Comedy Central roasts as, as I had done, or talked about earlier. You know, you were, uh, first I think on Dennis Leary, Jeff Foxworthy, Larry the Cable yep. Guy, and then Pamela Anderson. Right. Um, have you been invited to do any of them, or do you just not have any interest in doing them anymore? They don't, they don't, they don't call me. The last one I did was Larry the
1: Cable Guy, and, and, and the reason, he, I mean, he called Dan Whitney, requested me, I'm like his favorite comic. So he requested me. They weren't even going to call me for that. You know, I ended up, and they had me close that one. Yeah. And uh so, but no, they. Uh, you know, I don't know. It's a lot of politics involved. And I know as soon as Jeff Ross called him, you know, self-appointed himself the roast master. I, I didn't see much. <laughs> yeah. I didn't hear from them that often. So I, I, I don't, I don't. I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not even a huge fan of that shit. Uh, I got to be honest. It, it, it's fun to do, but. Uh, you know, it's fun, like, when it's a Pam Anderson, but, uh, you
0: know, my flavor. What the fuck <laughs> am I going to say? How's that going to help my career? Yeah. I mean, it seems like it's it's become more of a a spectacle than, an, like, it's hard yes. to explain, but, I mean, you know, now they're doing red carpets for it. And, well,
1: yes. Yeah. Well, what you got to remember, guys, TV... The bottom line is the bottom line in TV. That's all they care about. So it's not about getting the funniest guys or the best roasters anymore. It's about bringing the biggest names they can get, so you know, basic cable, and um, and that's all it's about. And now they write, you know, they write, they write the material for these people who aren't comedians. Yeah. So they, so they're not as good, in my opinion. But yeah, uh, like Shaq. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah exactly. So you know that that it's all about ratings and 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 you know ad dollars so.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean I, so, st- uh, I still
1: go- I appreciate the ones that they ask to do. Yeah,
0: and I still go back to I mean one of my favorite I've seen them all. I still watch them all and some of them are hits, some of them are big misses and I mean I won't name which ones. I all the ones that you've been a part of I've been a fan of. And I I mean I still go back to the New York Fri- Friars Club roasted Drew Carey, which was one of the first ones that they aired. Right. You know, and I'm more of a fan of them when it was, you know, these guys are on, these are comedians getting together to honor another comedian, right. not just, you know, a bunch of celebrities they're bringing out to be a right. part of this.
1: Right. It's, it's just, it, it, it's just a weird business. I mean, those celebrities are trying to keep their careers alive, you know? Yeah. So, so, you know, they, they do these things they're probably not exactly thrilled to be there either, but, uh and yeah and then once again uh quality suffers and nobody
0: gives a fuck because uh it's about making money so yeah exactly that's so of the world we live in yeah well i know we're running out of time i know you are a busy man and you have more interviews to take care of tonight but we definitely I will, want, we want I to ask you guys a quick question. this music fest thing right yeah is yeah. this something i did before um <laughs> uh, <I hope> so. <laughs> it's not an outdoor thing right uh where uh, you're performing on friday is not no you're yours inside it's
1: not no but it, if it's the place I'm thinking of, behind me is
0: glass, and you can see like a big old steel mill. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is, that, is that the thing? Yes. Yeah. It's oh, right I, had, next, I had a good time uh, actually. Yeah, it, right next to the new casino.
1: Sands is down here. Yeah, I, but I just remember this like uh, giant uh, iron, whatever you call it. Yeah, the
0: old yeah, the old steelworks is still there. Yep.
1: Yeah. Okay. So that's the.
0: I think about blend in after a while. <laughs> if you get uh, if you get down there a little early, I went. I actually went to college in Bethlehem. I graduated college in Bethlehem, and uh, Music Fest was something that was big when I was in college. You know, back in you know ninety eight to two thousand two, and uh, I, I've gone every year since then. There's a lot of great food and vendors. I mean, if you get down a little early, I would. If you didn't get the chance to do it last time, I'd recommend walking around a little bit. In, you know, in the main section of Music Fest, there's a lot of cool stuff that goes on. What are you kidding me? I'll be mobbed. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't want to take that I chance. At the fried dough station. Say <laughs> so, so you can get a chip which that's almost the size of your head. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fellas. But yeah, we wanna we wanna send people to check you out. Uh, as we said, you're gonna be at the Music Fest Cafe in Bethlehem Friday, August twenty first as part of uh Music Fest. And if they're not local to the area and they can't make it out, uh follow you on Twitter at Nick DiPaolo. and of course uh check out your website for you know your uh, your comedy specials and
1: Yeah, my podcast.
0: Uh, yeah, and your podcast which What's some, on, the, some of the some of the titles podcast,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah riotcast dot com. Or just go to nickdip.com and, and you can find it there too.
0: I mean, some of the titles of some of your podcasts, uh, let alone, I mean, more PC horse shit and two wops, and it, it's hysterical. So, yeah. we, we recommend anybody who hasn't checked you out to go and check you out. Uh, and anybody who's interested in going, they can go to steelstacks.org for tickets to uh, to the show on Friday. So, uh, Nick, thanks a lot for joining us, man. This was a great time. You